All right, everyone, welcome to Strictly Baseball. I'm Jacob Brown, joined here with this guy, Rory Tedimer, and we're going to get into some Major League Baseball today. But first off, I mean, we got to check on our fantasy teams, Rory. I mean, this is something we do not on podcasts. I mean, we just got to check them. Uh, now, from the last time that we did this, about 11 days ago, now I'm on an 11-game winning streak in my ESPN league, which I've coded the Dummy League, and then in my other one, um, first place in my division. But I mean, you, you got it going for yourself too, Rory. Yeah, no, uh, no doubt about it. I mean, I'm 11 and eight and sitting in second place. That shows you how uh, big time this division is. Everyone is super close. I'm a game out of first. I got my final game of the season next week, well, the regular season coming up against the first place team. Uh, other than that, everyone in third place is 10 and nine. We got three people in third place, so 10 and nine. And then uh, right on their tail, two people in six. Those are really low only people contending but I mean I would be two losses away from sixth place versus second place that's how uh that's how close it is this season and uh yeah 10 and 8 it's it's ugly but it's gonna work it's gonna play yeah I mean but both of us have been benefiting from uh, Mr. Yandy Diaz on the Rays if you haven't picked him up I mean this is our tip right here because in ESPN 61% owned Yahoo maybe it's changed since yesterday, but 46% owned that, that cannot be. I mean, I, I do like little top 10 rankings that I'll release when the season's over, but right now, Yandy Diaz is in my top 10 and there's no question about it. Does he have the power that a normal third baseman might have with seven, eight home runs? No, but he gets on base with a 400 ish on base. The average is up there. He knocks in runs. He leads off for the Rays. He's been a nice asset. He starts every day for me. Yeah, no, every single day, and he's just been absolutely killing it. 63.4% in my uh, in this ESPN. That's plus 8.9 on the week. Uh, let's take a look at his last – it shows the last six games. Seven and a half, six and a half, three, one, 12 and a half, and four. I mean, those are just numbers that are going to play every single day. Every day. I mean, every day I'm, I'm always looking. Oh, my God, wait, Andrew Vaughn just went deep. Oh, and I sat him today. Oh, man, he's got nine points already, two for two. Yeah, well, I, I sat him because I found Tyler O'Neill on waivers last week on Yahoo. He was the number five overall player. He had like five home runs in seven yeah. games. I'm hoping I didn't catch the end of that streak because he hasn't had a hit for me yet. Yeah, no, I would not. You know who's slowing down for us is actually uh, Josh Rojas. We talked a little bit about him. Uh, uh, he's slowing down. He hasn't got a point for me in uh, his last four or five games. It's uh, kind of gross. Like yeah. If Gavin Lux on my waiver, I'm, I'm like pretty quick to pull the trigger. Hey, if, if Gavin Lux is healthy, I mean, we were debating a few weeks ago, him and Yuli Gurriel, which is still a yuck for me. Uh, I right. get it. It's doing better. It's still yuck territory for me. <laughs> Yuli Gurriel, I just like him in uh, his offense. He's batting two always. Uh, and he's done decent this, this week. Sometimes he goes negative, but other games are two, 5.5, another two-pointer. I'm totally fine with keeping Yuli Gurriel, especially where I drafted him. I think I drafted him uh, 125th. Yeah, that's that's decent, though. I mean, you keep him around. Yeah, yeah but, mm-hmm. I mean, you look around as well at, at pitchers that might be coming back, and this is something that fantasy people are always looking out for. One of them is being Jack Flaherty. He's going to come back on Monday for the St. Louis Cardinals last night, had nine Ks and I think six and two-thirds or five and two-thirds, so he went length and provided the strikeouts. That's what you wanted to see. His other rehab starts, he didn't really combine either of those factors. 
you know, one start, he might've had a lot of strikeouts, but didn't go a lot of innings and then vice versa. But last start, he put it all together at the AAA level. That's what you wanted to see from a guy that's law uh, that, that's missed a year plus. And then you texted me about an hour ago, Mike Soroka is coming back. Uh, and then Luis Severino in about two weeks as well. Uh, he's all, he's coming off the aisle September 13th. Uh, so he'll be back. That's three legitimate starting pitchers right there that, that are coming back. And let me add one that's uh, probably not owned by anyone, but owned by 51.9% of league, shockingly still. Uh, Trevor Rogers, dude, was uh, shaky. Shaky before, plus five ERA, but his first game back against the Tampa Bay Rays, six innings, one earned run, giving me 18 points. That's uh, That'll play. So, yeah. I mean, you can could, you could pick your starts against him. Obviously, I'm not going to start him against the Phillies next week, but it's another guy you could uh, really kind of pick and choose on your waiver if you're looking to stream. Yeah, and then your guy, Sir Anthony Dominguez, is on my IL right now. Don't have many pen options. I got Jason Adam in there right now, which he's another guy not owned by a lot of people. He's on the Rays, 50% owned. He's been a top 100 player on their ranking system, whatever it is. So I got him, but I think Dominguez is going right back in there when he's back. Then I know David Bednar, Clay Holmes, recently getting off the IL. They were up there in the beginning of the season. Um, and then... There was one name I just had in the top of my head. What is this, Donovan Mitchell? We got basketball. Wow, we got the Cavs. Wow. wow. How about this? Little bomb on Strictly Sports. Holy. Cavaliers. Look at that. For Donovan Mitchell. That's big. That's huge. Wow, and they made the playoffs last year. Yeah, and they were, they were good. They were like a high seed, too. Weren't they like the four seed? interesting look at that so good for cleveland they're leading the al central right now which we'll get to a little bit later they just get donovan mitchell stinks for utah that that's a <laughs> <laughs> what a horrible state utah <laughs> yeah i mean all the fun that they might have out there it's it's vicariously lived through donovan mitchell and now he's gone <laughs> man yeah. all right so we talked a little about fantasy. Now we're going to go into some Team USA, World Baseball Classic news. It's pouring out. I mean, it's every few days. It's just like, oh, my God, we got another superstar being added to this roster. Who goes to the bench? And right now we have uh, – I guess we could just do this in the projected lineup that you and I kind of put out there. Uh, you could go either way with this because right now, currently, the L.A. Dodgers have Mookie Betts in the one-hole with Trey Turner in the two. Um, but I have Trey Turner leading off with bets in the two. You could go, I mean, it doesn't really matter. I just like the stolen base and the leadoff hole, the traditionalness that you get out of that. We both had Trout in the three hole, Bryce Harper cleaning up. Then you have Paul Goldschmidt currently tearing the cover off the baseball on your five hole, his teammate in the six hole, Nolan Arenado, Pete Alonzo in the seven hole, currently with 100 RBIs. Unreal. And then you got some form, whether it's JT Romuto, who, you know, that's your guy, catcher, but then you got Will Smith, who OPS-wise over the last four seasons have been better than JT, but JT defensively regarded as the better catcher. And I think because it's March, you're going to see they're not going to catch every day. It's going to be these managers are calling in like, hey, I don't want my catcher going two days in a row in March. They need to be conditioned out like it's spring training. So I think, you know, you see a guy like, Trevor Story maybe pushed to the bench. Cedric Mullins pushed to the bench. Maybe if Freddie Freeman gets added to this roster and Aaron Judge, 
and you might look at it and say, where are all these guys going to play? I think it's because it's spring training and these guys cannot play every day. So to me, get as many people as you need. I would be loading up the roster right now. I mean, to me, this is just, they're getting every good player possible. Yeah, no, I mean, we're talking about it. We're trying to find other lefties for this lineup. And so obviously American lefties, but uh, it, it's, it's slacking. The market's slacking. There's really only uh, Freddie Freeman, who you already brought up, and then Corey Seager. The only other improvements you could probably make to this team that are lefty-wise. But, uh, yeah, no, it's big. And when I look at, like, a starting lineup, I'm not looking, like, throughout the entire thing. I'm looking, like, if I was going to be in the championship game, I'm playing the Dominican Republic, what lineup am I throwing out there? And I think in a championship game, you're throwing JT Real Muto out there instead of Will Smith. And where does Will Smith hit in the Dodgers lineup? Fourth. Fourth? I mean, they're one and two in uh, fantasy catchers right now. Yeah. And uh, Will Smith, obviously. Say this. If you're trying to win a championship, Will Smith does have a ring, but it was the COVID ring. You know, that, yeah, that is a factor. Is that also his rookie season? Was he even playing the full time? No, he was. He was already in the league by then. Was he? I Whatever. Will Smith. Uh, yeah, whatever. It's, J, it's JT, the best catcher in baseball. Kid's hot right now. Uh, Will Smith kicks sand. Yeah, Will Smith yeah. can go kick sand e- easily. And in a championship game, I feel like you're just playing that. Obviously, they're probably going to play whoever the hot hand is. But uh, the way I the way we like kind of structure that roster, you're not seeing Trevor Story or Cedric Millens even touch the field. I mean, uh, it's Tim Anderson. If you either want to put him at short or second, you were saying Trey's probably going to play short even though I don't think Tim Anderson has second base experience. Uh, it's pretty routine. I mean, we saw, well, let's put, let's throw Angus Pence out there. Saw <laughs> Angus Pence transition from short and third uh, to second base, you know, throw him out. It, it's interchangeable. I'll give him a little shout out. Anyone can. Unreal. <laughs> 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 My guy. Um, My guy, Angus Pence. Yeah, so, by the way, Angus made my reel. He loved it. Oh, did he? Yeah, because yeah, the uh, – hey, Bro, you made my reel. He was like, hey, let's go. The mic'd up? What was that? The mic'd up part? Yeah, no, that was great. We we uh, were – if you guys, we were in Four City announcing this year. We mic'd up one of our players, made a diving catch while he was talking to us in the broadcast. It was just perfect, and he did it twice. Yeah. No, I, you're right. I mean, it, it's funny when you have these guys, like, in your reel. I know my reel makes three Hillier look like God among men. It's literally, like, every highlight is three Hillier hit this one, hey, uh, that one. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, those final two weeks for him, he was the number three hitter, three Hillier hitting third. I mean, <laughs> throw it back, man. Throw it back. Uh, <laughs> all right, so let's move on now. And, and actually, more so to Team USA, because th- this lineup could be as good as it wants. We don't got any pitchers yet. None. And it's, uh, it's scary when the best pitcher in baseball currently is already signed up for the Dominican Republic, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, you got to have someone at least capable of him. We already said they're probably not going to throw the ground considering he's made of class balls and paper skin. He's, uh, you're probably not doing that. Max Scherzer would be good. Max Scherzer, I think, will probably get out there. But uh, you're going to be looking for some other guys. I know you don't think Garrett Cole will get out there because the Yankees are pretty uh, tentative with their players. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, dude, if Tristan McKenzie's the five guy, I would love to see that. Yeah, hey, I mean, yeah, I wonder if Verlander does it. Good. You got Verlander, Corbin Burns, uh, you know, Zach Wheeler. Uh, 
Max Freed World Series experience. Uh, I'd actually really like that because I don't think I don't see Kershaw doing it. I, I, I just don't. I think he's been around long enough to where he might just chill out and spring unless he says, you know, Mookie and Trey are going. What if Freeman goes? Maybe he just goes and hangs out with his guys in the World Baseball Club. You got Kevin Gaussman, Joe Musgrove, Alec Manoa, Shane Bieber. You know, most of these top pitchers are American. Yeah. If you really look at it. So they could, I mean, Brandon Woodruff, Dylan Cease. Uh, Shane McClanahan, these guys are just sitting in there. Aaron Nola. So oh, you got boys. You got the boys. Yeah, uh, I'm confident. You you can get five of those guys to show up. Oh yeah. Yeah, the bullpen though is gonna be the interesting thing because do they just stack up starters or do they go with relievers? Because again, that's another thing. You're in spring training and these managers have these really big routines for these relievers. Hey, I want him 15 pitches and out in his first outing. Uh, his second outing, I want him getting three outs. Third outing, I want him four outs. Yada, yada, yada. So there's restrictions with this stuff. It, it's going to be interesting to see how these bullpens form. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, uh, Emmanuel Class A is also already on the Dominican Republic. Oh, uh, he's one of the best closers in baseball right now. And I don't think you're rocking with some Greg, Craig Kimbrell type of business. But you know who you don't get? You don't get Josh Hader. I you absolutely do not even touch him. I get Devin Williams. You can play. Hey, yeah. No, you get that that breaking pitch in there, whatever he calls it. Screwball, volt. Change up, yeah. The airbender. Yeah, that's right. The airbender. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's going to be interesting. But uh, I think, yeah, I mean, as always, it's going to be Dominican. You're going to have Japan. Those are going to be the main big contenders out there. So, speaking of Sandy, who is that big pitcher that's on the Dominican Republic, I got to see him last Saturday at Marlins at Lone Depot Park, excuse me, uh, last week. It was a phenomenal scene. Um, I got to go up in the booth with Glenn Geffner, which was a, which was a treat, him and Paul Severino. Uh, Glenn Geffner does the radio broadcast for the Miami Marlins. Paul Severino does the TV broadcast. And I got to sit in with them, which was awesome. Met J.P. Aaron Sevia, Todd Hollinsworth, uh, which are the color announcers for them. But just to see, I mean, Sandy Alcon, and by the way, thank you to both of them if they ever do listen to this podcast, which is probably 1% chance that they ever tune in, but thank you for having me up there. But uh, watching Sandy, uh, you know, those first six innings, uh, he gave up a home run to Mookie Betts, which I didn't even see it. That That is my biggest regret of the night that I decided to go to the bathroom when I knew Mookie Betts was due up the next inning. Big mistake on my part. But other than that mistake, he was quick. He was efficient. He threw hard. His body language was the same the entire game, which you don't see that. You know, you, you give up a base hit, you, and especially in this game where the entire first base side was Dodgers fans. So it's not like, you know, it's a normal road game where your whole crowd supporting. I mean, it was 50-50 with the crowd. So there was tension. It was loud. Felt like a playoff game. But then once that seventh inning hit, it was boom, boom, those seventh, eighth innings. But then the ninth inning, it, they got two hits, the Dodgers. It was first and second, one out. And I'm sitting there. It's a one-run lead for the Marlins. Crowd is rocking. And you're just like, if he can get out of this now, when he's already over 100 pitches, he's faced these guys four or five times. And he's still throwing 100 miles per hour with the fastball. He threw a 95-mile-per-hour slider in the ninth inning on, like, pitch 111. And I'm sitting there, and he gets these final outs. It was really the most incredible pitching performance that I've seen in person. He deserves the Cy Young full out. And you've had him on your fantasy team all year, but just to see it in person, 
incredible stuff. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's unbelievable. And I think that's the big thing uh, going for his Cy Young thing is the innings that he has. Uh, he's a guy that's on a horrible team and he has to pitch into the seventh or eighth inning, even to qualify just to like get a win. He was only up by one run there. He had to go the full nine. And I think we saw it in four city where he says that he's always ready every game to be able to throw 120 pitches, which is something is unheard of. You get the hundred, usually you're pulled right away. Uh, he's ready to throw 120, 125 pitches every game. Uh, if the script allows it. And it, that's the big difference. You see Tony Gonsolin may have a better ERA right now, and he's also got a heck of a lot of wins. Yeah, he's on a way better team and only has to pitch it like the fifth inning every single time, and he'll just get run support. So it's not like he's ever going seven, eight. He's always five, six innings. He'll give you some decent work, and you'll have a great lead because you're the freaking Dodgers. Uh, that's the big difference right there. And then Max Fried, I mean, he's also doing well, but there's no doubt about it. Sandy Alcantara is Cy Young and then some. Yeah, and I listened to that discussion up there, and they were having that debate, you know, whether it's Alcantara or Gonsolin. And J.P. Aaron Sebia, you know, his phrase that he used was, Gonsolin's five and die every time. And, you know, Sandy's out there getting these third, fourth at-bats. And then later in the game, uh, the Dodgers were bringing in bullpen pitchers, and the Marlins got the go-ahead run to go up 2-1. And he said, well, there's that extra inning that Gonsolin's not here for, and that's exactly it. So, um Certainly a big factor in the Cy Young discussion. Roy, are you there? Yeah. Okay, your face is frozen. That's the only thing. Um, it's all good. Um, all right, so let's move on now to the – something I don't really want to talk about, but it's something that inevitably comes up. The New York Yankees were 10-18 and 18 in the month of August. Not a great month. Um, you know, watching it was not fun. They lost every single series this month. Every game that you watch, it felt like you're kind of just waiting for hits. It's you get a base hit and you're thinking this run's not going to come home unless you get two, three more hits or someone runs into a home run and you, you run around the diamond. And, and since the all-star break, it's been bad offensively. Josh Donaldson, basically the entire season under 700 OPS last night, runners on first and second, no outs in the ninth inning. You know Josh Donaldson's not dropping a bunt, but at least you want him to move the runners over, walk, strikes out. You have Isaiah Conor-Falefa, under 700 OPS. It's around 650. Uh, he has one home run on the season. He can barely get the ball to the warning track, and he started almost every game at shortstop. It's getting to the point now where if you have a team that is not scoring runs, that since the All-Star break, they're 27th in runs per game in the major leagues. This isn't you know, it's not just a one-month skid, a two-month skid. This is since the All-Star break. This is bad. Uh, Isaiah Confalefa can't be starting at shortstop, but he's going to because now that it's September 1st, they're not going to be calling up their top shortstop prospect, Oswald Peraza, because he wouldn't qualify for the playoff roster. But then you have the Orioles on the other side that they're like, we'll call up Gunnar Henderson in the middle of a playoff race. Why not? Uh, the, I guess the Yankees are too good for that. The, you know, they need to go through their – process you know Oswald Peraza really needs those extra 100 ABs in AAA this month to be fully ready for 2023 I really it, it needs to happen uh to, to fully develop then you got LeMayu his averages dropped 35 points in the last month they blame it on the toe well they blamed it on the hip last year I'm getting tired of these excuses you know Anthony Rizzo has been dealing with the back for a month 
he's been okay, but he's been slumping. Uh, center field's been an absolute hole. Sometimes you're playing Aaron Judge out there with Oswaldo Cabrera in right field. He's got some pop. He's, he's a nice little flair because he's young, and I like them calling up the youth, but he's hitting 240. It, it's not like he's providing some superstar-level production. Andrew Benintendi getting a little bit better, but the entire offense right now is Aaron Judge. You just got Stanton back. That will help, but he's going to need time to get back into being Giancarlo Stanton. But, you know, you, 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 for people who don't watch the Yankees, that's the situation right now. You essentially have one bat that's carrying the team, and then you have to hope for somebody else to do something every game. Yeah, no, it seems uh, that's definitely a frustrating spot to be in, especially when you've had like lineups like, holy crap, like this is a great lineup going into the season, and then all of a sudden it's like not panning out. You know, I've been there a lot, and uh, it, it, it's tough. But the, the big thing is, I mean, you can flare out all you want right now in August. Uh, as long as you get hot end of September, beginning of October, uh, the, the lead you guys have already in, uh, in the East, and you, you guys aren't going to lose. You guys aren't going to lose that. No. As long as you guys get hot but, uh, and you get healthy, I, think there's, I don't think there's anything to worry about. And obviously, like, yeah, you guys are leading the AL East and fading. Uh, I'd love to be in that position. <laughs> I'd love to be at that spot. Yeah, can the no, New York Mets can the New York Mets go do that? I like I would we switch teams there in New York and can the Mets go start fading? Like it's uh somehow I feel like your lineup's gonna co- start coming together. It, you know, and, and I think Stanton will help. I think a lot of it is some confusion on how do we order the top five. Boone seems to not like going lefty righty lefty for some reason. Uh, it, you know, I always thought that was okay if you put a righty in between the two lefties, but apparently not. So it creates this situation where okay, does Judge hit second or third? Does Benintendi hit first, second, or third? Does LeMayu hit first, second, or fifth? Does Rizzo hit second, third, fourth? or So you kind of can order them in any way. And when you began the season, it was the same order every day, and that helped. And now it's kind of who's hitting behind me. And, you know, I saw some talk shows. They're like, Benintendi, it's a lot of pressure to be like, hey, if I'm hitting in front of Judge, I got to get on base for Judge every time, you know, get to first base get to first base for judge. That's a lot of pressure. That's a lot of it that goes into it. But the main thing for me is third base is a hole. Second base is a hole with, that's another one I didn't mention. Glaber Torres has been God awful since the all-star break and he's moping around like he's a teenage girl. I mean, it's, it's brutal right now for Glaber Torres. So they need to fix it. They're not going to, which is the frustrating part. Why not call up Peraza? You got Marwin Gonzalez sitting on your bench doing nothing. Like, why not Peraza? I just don't get it. Yeah, no. Uh, it seems it seems as if you're in a similar point with me with the Phillies, uh, where every other team calls up their top prospects and their prospects. They go through each league. They go through each minor league system like this. Oh, uh, I think a, the perfect example is Zach Nito uh, from Campbell, who was drafted this year, the shortstop from the Angels. Already in double-A. I'm like, Andrew Painter and Micah Bell just got the double-A, and they were drafted – two three years ahead of them i'm like what the heck is going on uh i i personally also want a better call up than whatever garbage we just got from the toronto blue jays uh some italian pitcher i don't even care about his name uh we're gonna call him up for the september 1st call of him and Derek hall i think Derek hall is a good one but i'd so much rather have a andrew painter or mick bring one of them up some young gun that can go get 
relief innings in the major leagues. And uh, I'd much rather see that than anything else that we're going to bring up. And I agree with your spot too. I mean, Marlon Gonzalez is a perfect example. If he's just kicking sand on the bench, why even have him? Uh, how much are you guys paying him? A million. I mean, he's not, yeah. he's not a minimum. He might even be a 500K guy. I mean, it, it, it was like a minor league throwaway. And the thing is, is that he was needed in the beginning of the year because he was the only other guy that could play short. But now with Oswaldo Cabrera, who can play every single position on the field, he's the backup shortstop now. So now Marlon Gonzalez is essentially useless. Hmm. It's, it's yeah, really I mean, I mean, part of it too is they got a clear spot for Bader when he gets off the IL. I mean, you know, you trade Montgomery, he's pitching his ass off with St. Louis and Bader's on the IL, but we'll see, man. It's just, you know, then you got Aaron Hicks who hasn't played in two weeks. It's, it's just brutal. It's, it's, you know, it's brutal, but you know, we talk about your team and my team not calling their guys up. And then you got the Orioles with Gunnar Henderson uh, and we'll, we'll shift into them. Cause two weeks ago, we talked about them. We were kind of like, I don't know if they have the pitching to do it, but they're two games out right now. And they have bats at every position. They are struggling a little bit. Urias at third Mount castle at first, like Mount castle is a two forty eight OBP, I believe since the all-star breaker in the month of August. So not too hot for him, although he's a lot of power. Austin Hayes, Cedric Mullins, Santander, they're all hitting well. Mateo now gets to shift to second, and then you got Adley in there. But they're all playing as a group, and they all have that camaraderie right now to where it's let's just go play a game every night and win that game that night. And they're doing it, and they're hitting. They might not have that number one pitcher, but they've got guys that are five and dies. You know, the, the Jordan Lyles, the Bradishes, the uh, DL Hall has been up recently. So not the best pitchers, but they're going distance. And then they got Felix Bautista slinging it in the pen in the ninth inning. So it's a formula at the very least. And they're in the race with young guns and it's working. Oh, no, you're absolutely right. And uh, it's something like that, where you can always get that team. That's kind of just like, not really all there. Uh, and then all of a sudden it's some sort of chemistry that they have. That's really just their riding and they're dying on it. And they're just winning games. You know, I never thought, the 2013 Red Sox were ever, ever a good team. And then all of a sudden, they're riding this because of the marathon. They grow their beards or whatever, and they got all that going, the fear of the beard movement. And all of a sudden, they're World Series champions. It's something that I always see. And, uh, yeah, I think, I think the Orioles are this year's version of that. And Gunnar Henderson, I mean, wow, what a head of hair he's got on him. That home run last night was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, no, that's a good call up right there. And it's something that obviously – a fan base like the Orioles would like to see it. They probably are still struggling in attendance, I have to assume. Uh, but you're right. I don't think the pitching will ever be good. And I don't – I I mean, are they ever going to get a guy that's going to say, hey, I want to go pitch for Baltimore all this time? Like, are you ever going to be, like, a top guy? No. no. I think what they will have, though, I mean, they've got uh, Grayson Rodriguez, 20-year-old pitching prospect, probably a next-year guy, and then John Means – he was an all-star once coming off an injury. Uh, you know, if you can mix him in with some of the young starting pitchers they have right now, I guess it's a five. And then you've got some bullpen pieces. It's, it's something. It's developing. It's not the bad Orioles from last year. And that's, that's at least, for Orioles fans, what they want to see. I mean, we got involved as a guy. Five, six, and 
great baseball. Okay, so just okay, so just repeat that. So uh, you were continuing your point about Jordan Lyles. I don't know, Austin Voth. Austin Voth, my God. Oh. <laughs> you want to edit? You, you can. You can edit this right down here. I'm a non-edit guy. People need to see the authenticness. Okay. Well, You're giving the authenticness to this. All righty. I mean, Austin Voth is just the guy that's in fantasy right now. He's giving you five, six doable innings. Uh, they're not always shut out, but he's allowing one, two runs. And if the Orioles offense can sneak him in a win, then he's going to give you at least 20 points. And that's a guy that on your team right now. Uh, that's not a lot of leagues at all. And I, I honestly picked up Bradish today. I picked up him to ride a hot start. He killed it against the Yankees in his last start, eight innings, uh, six Ks, like one hit. Uh, even though they lost that game, one like extra, whatever. Uh, it's, I, I, I ride this mentality that the Orioles have right now, and I do it with anyone. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. So um, let's talk a little bit about your Phillies. So you're, you're a little nervous this week. They, they lost two out of three to the D-backs. Nola had a terrible start two nights ago. But last night, eh, put it to bed a little bit. Yeah, no, it's uh, – I'm seeing a lot of funny things. That's like, all right, yeah, that helped the, uh, that helped the mentality from this series, but gross. Absolutely gross series to lose against the Diamondbacks, first of all. I'm a guy that's probably not going to not gonna forget it, especially because what happened last year was you hit September. I know we played the Diamondbacks right then, and Zach Wheeler trying to get that Cy Young. He gave up like six earned against the Diamondbacks, and I'll never forget that start from him. And uh, I'm just hoping we don't have that September collapse that has just been so traditionary for this team where you, you're riding high all the way to September, then all of a sudden – boom, you hit a wall and you completely collapse. I'm hoping there's something different this year. The bullpen's been the third worst in the MLB since the All-Star break. That's got a lot to do with Sir Anthony being injured. Corey Knable, I mean, he got injured. Is he that big of a part? I don't think so. But uh, I'm thinking it should shape out when Sir Anthony comes back. Wheeler hopefully comes back uh, not, too, not too late into September. Uh, I think he only has to miss two more starts. But I, uh, it's it's scary. I'm I'm holding on tight here, and honestly, all the better if we get into that third wild card position. I do not at all want to play the Braves first round. That's who we'd be looking at right now. If we're in the second wild card, do not want to play them at all. For for sure, give me the Cardinals and then the Mets. That's a way easier road than Braves and Dodgers, and then the Mets in the NLC. I mean, you got to get there first. But obviously, if you're looking ahead for a road, you're definitely picking the latter, going with. The Cardinals in your sixth and your the third wild card spot. That, that's a great point right there. I mean that that third wild card position. I mean it, it's not always going to work out perfectly to where seedings are fair. And in this particular situation, you know you have the Cardinals that might not be as good as the Braves, even though the Braves might lose their division. They're a better team than the St. Louis Cardinals. So just the way the bracket might work would benefit whoever gets that third seed that you're facing the winner of the NL Central. Not a slouch. The Cardinals, they still have it going, and that's something that we could shift into here with the AL and NL Centrals just kind of flipping first and second place since the All-Star break. You have the Brewers, who are in first place, right in there, even without Freddie Peralta, um, even with Yelich, just kind of an average player. 
the rest of that offense, you, there, there's just not a lot there. Willie Adamas is kind of average. Rowdy Telez, 800-ish OPS, not amazing. They don't have this stellar lineup. McCutcheon is decent. Uh, other than that, not off the top, you're at Colton Wong, you know, 250 hit. It's kind of a stinky offense a little bit, and they were riding it with two pitchers, but the Cardinals offense isn't that great either. But I think Goldschmidt and Arenado are better far and away than any two bats that the Brewers have. And now their pitching is right there with the Brewers, including the bullpen. Montgomery and Quintana have been great additions. Now Jack Flaherty can come in, kick Dakota Hudson out of the rotation, which Cardinals fans have wanted for weeks. He's pushing that five ERA mark, so they want Jack in there. Uh, but the Brewers, I think they just got exposed in the sense they can't hit. And the Twins got exposed in the sense that I said it two weeks ago. All of their starting pitchers are the same dude. All throw 96 straight fastballs with four-plus ERAs, and except for Sonny Gray. And then the lineup isn't that great either. I mean, it's, it's Luis Arise, Polanco, Buxton's hurt. Correa's decent this year. So, you know, these teams got exposed. I think the Guardians are a better team than the Twins more pitching and they've got five, six legit bats in there. So what's your opinion? We've got two and a half minutes left here on the AL and NL central. Yeah, no, I think you're dead on the money. Uh, we'll talk about the twins. I'm pretty quick on them. Uh, we said it before they had no pitching at all. Even Sonny Gray, you're saying they don't have an above four. Sonny Gray is like still three plus. Uh, yeah, he was like 3.11 before his last start, but then I think it blew up after. Yeah. So yeah. even then he's not good. That Duran guy, he's on the uh, twins, right? Bullpen. Yeah, he bullpen, but I mean, wow, that 100 mile per hour splitter is uh, something out of God. That is uh, one of the deadliest pitches I've seen in my life. And uh, yeah, we'll transition to the Cardinals real quick. They, uh, I think it's, they're going to ride that, and I'm pretty sure, even as the Phillies are fading, I don't think the Brewers will catch up to us either. Uh, and that's what I'm pretty happy about. That although they do have good pitching, uh, they're not going to they're not going to catch us just because their offense absolutely stinks. Yeah, I'm with you. And so what about pools to 700? It's coming. It's coming, dude. He's just got to get a little more high. I don't know. Did he play the entire Red Series? He should have. I know there was a point where the Reds were down big again, and I was hoping they would throw another uh, position player just so Pujols can take him yard. Yeah, he's in every garbage inning, every game, every at-bat possible. And I said, I mean, you get a home run per week. There's basically six weeks left. Man, I mean, it could happen. Now I'm feeling it a little bit. Before I was kind of like, no way. Now it's in the realm of possibility. So great pod here today. We'll be back next week for another one. Uh, we, we just had our Backyard Betters new podcast. Me and my friend Tyler Fabian just debuted this morning on all the podcast platforms. We are going to have a normal Strictly Sports previewing the college and NFL football seasons sometime before week one of the NFL season. Not going to get it in before Saturday. Uh, so we'll get it in before week one of the NFL. Strictly hockey, we're holding off on uh, about another month. We didn't get to do our free agency pod. We're going to hold off a little bit until the season gets closer. Uh, so that's it for the news. You can follow us on social medias, on Twitter at Strictly Sports P, and on Facebook and Instagram at Strictly Sports Production. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podbean. For Rory Tedimer, I'm Jacob Brown, and we'll see you next week.